there's a mindset issue that comes up for a lot of people when we talk about pricing, and that's this real lack of confidence and lack of self-worth in being able to charge a certain price point. And I think that there's four different reasons that people don't have this confidence. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and joined by my partner in crime, Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim? Wonderful. Thank you, Sam. I've had a whole week without any injuries, which is brilliant. (laughs) This is very good. I actually had people reach out to me last week going, wow, is Tim okay? (laughs) Well, no, actually, no, Tim is not okay. (laughs) Did I tell you the story of one of my first cars? No. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you the story. One of the first cars I bought was a 1973 Mazda 808 that used to be owned by this Polish woman that my grandfather would drive to the shops once a fortnight. Okay. Uh-huh. Initially, it was a five-kilometer drive, so she may, maybe drove fifty kilometers a month, all up. <laughs> Never yep. drove this car any other time. I bought it for three hundred dollars. Uh huh. Okay, which is excessive. Um, and I had a <laughs> hole in the passenger seat that you could actually see the road going past. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> right. And it worked. It was super reliable. It worked. You know, whenever I needed it to, wasn't you know, and it was a cheap kind of cheap car. And one day my, I think we'd just been married at that stage, my wife said to me, you like, you really need to wash the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's dusty. You touch it and you kind of end up with paint flanks on your hand and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> you can write messages uh, in it for people to read driving past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we washed it. I washed this car, you know, gave it a little sponge bath. And the only time that it ever broke down was the day that I washed it. <laughs> and I think, you know, since I turned 50, I decided last year that I would go and get all the medical checkups. And that was just washing the dust off my otherwise body that was held together with dust. <laughs> I was wondering where this story was going. I was like, are you going to tell me you had a shower for the first time in a year? But, you know, it's now better. It's now better. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the only time I've had a shower. No, it's not the only time I've had a shower. But, look, I mean, the interesting metaphor in this is sometimes we have to take a long, hard look at our business and go, you know, am I held together with dust and do I just need to wash that off and break a couple of things in order to kind of be able to accelerate further? Mm -hmm. 100%. A lot of people are fearful of doing this. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's scary, right? You think it works the way it is right now, but sometimes it's not necessarily going to work to serve you where you want to go, which mm. brings us a little bit to the topic of today's conversation, which is how can we charge more by doing less? Mm-hmm. And you and I have had this conversation a number of times both on this podcast in its various guises but also offline as well that we kind of fall into this trap of thinking if I want to be able to charge more and increase my pricing – which is something that someone, everyone should have looked at at the start of 2024 already. If you haven't, go and do it. Mm-hmm. But we fall into this trap of thinking, well, maybe if I do more, I can charge more. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We want to 
we want to actually increase your margins. We want you to make more money from the stuff you do, not make less money. And not be working 22 hours a day. So we thought we'd dedicate today's podcast to that. Absolutely. We're talking about charging more, so essentially talking about the topic of pricing. And I think that there's a mindset issue that comes up for a lot of people when we talk about pricing, and that's this real lack of confidence and lack of self-worth in being able to charge a certain price point. And I think that there's four different reasons that people don't have this confidence. The first one is really not having a clarity of their message. Messaging is, unless it's clear, it's very difficult to people feel confident delivering it. Because when we deliver it, Mm -hmm. we either have people not listening or people sort of giving us a quizzical look back and it makes us feel not, you know, it really attacks our self-worth and our confidence. So I think that's one of the reasons that there's a lack of confidence, lack of clarity of message. Um, the second oh, is not having a clarity on your who or your person, your ideal client, however you want to say it. If you don't know who you're speaking with, this can really attack your confidence. Number three is not being clear on your offer. So not being clear on what it is and or also how to speak about it. And number four is not having confidence that you're able to deliver on that promise. And I think that those four main areas are what eats confidence away and makes it difficult for people to say, I'm okay to put my price up. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, you know, and and ultimately, as I say, Sam, it, it does come back to your confidence about what it is you can do, right? Absolutely everyone in this podcast right now could put their pricing up by 10% and mm-hmm. probably not lose any, if many, customers at all. Mm-hmm. Um I was talking to a client recently about putting their pricing up by 400%. Wow, like, that's uh, a big difference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a big difference, right? <laughs> that's um, a visceral no, it was part response. Of it. it was part of it. was like, <gasps> yeah. what if, what if, right? Yep, I'm going, yep. well, you know, you don't need, I mean, it's, you don't even need to sell for, you know, you could cut your margin, you know, the number of sales you made by three quarters and still make more money. Mm-hmm. Than you would because you don't have the same you know cost of delivery on top of that, mm-hmm. um, you know by on the existing volume, right? So you're going to make more profitability, and that's ultimately what we're talking about here. Why can't they do it? No reason other than mm. well, we used to sell it, it at it that price. It feels scary. Yeah, so but it, it I think feels that- scary. I think that one of the most important things to mention here is that pricing is made up. There's no algebraic equation to work out exactly what your cost is. And we're talking service-based business here. Mind you, even still product-based businesses, we've all heard about the the 24-carat gold paperclip that Tiffany sell for some phenomenal amount of money. It's nothing special. It's just a paperclip exactly the same as all the other paperclips. Um so it does the same job, right? <laughs> it does. Although if I had a Tiffany gold paperclip, don't know I'd be using it on my paperwork. Like I don't, I don't even know what you would do with a 24 karat gold paperclip. But anyway, digressing there. Pricing is actually made up. Tell everyone you've got one. Yeah. But but it's made up thing. And so it really does come down to your confidence and clarity in what it is that you're delivering to be able to 
justify to yourself because you don't really need to justify it to other people what the price is of your your program or your offer. I've just looked it up, incidentally, Sam. The Tiffany 18-carat gold paper clip is $1,500. <laughs> you can get a packet of silver ones down at Woolies for like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, you can buy a lot of paper clips, right? But uh, we're talking about, you know, the perception of value here in many ways as well. And if we look at, I guess, some of the, the reasons that people don't feel confident, I, I, I want to pull one of those out. And I think this is comes back to what or two of these, I think, work in concert together. One is not being really clear about who it is that you serve. Mm-hmm. And if you serve an audience that's too broad, Mm-hmm. The confidence that you have to make the transformation from what it is you do to that broad audience becomes diminished. Mm-hmm. The more specific about you you are about your audience, the more likely it is that you can be confident that the thing you do makes that transformation to them. Mm. I want to touch on something else in there. When you serve a really broad audience, you tend to pull back a little in your delivery, in your marketing, the way you show up, because you're leaving out parts that maybe don't resonate with all your audience. So you're not fully giving who you are because you're trying to attract or speak to multiple people. Mm. Yeah. You're just not, you know, whatever you say is just not resonating with them. Yeah, totally. Because you're being too generic, too generic. I do think it is there, there is a thing there about, you know, knowing with some certainty, and you get this with experience, obviously, but knowing with some certainty that the thing you do does this outcome repeatedly every single time. Mm. Now, if you've Mm -hmm. been around for a while, yes, you can say it does things to that coach and this coach and that coach and whatever, as opposed to just this particular profile. Um, Gives you confidence to say, well, I know with absolute certainty that when I do my thing, my sprinkle, my fairy dust onto your life, business, whatever, this is the transformation we can create. Mm-hmm. Now, I think secondly there, you know, as we, we look at that message, when we talk about the transformation we create, I think this is a really important one to focus on because it's not the thing that we do that provides value to customers. Mm-hmm. It's the transformation we create. Right. Mm. So if you're using your Tiffany paper, (laughs) right. And the transformation we create for someone by using the Tiffany paperclip is, you know, some mystical unicorn state, right? Where everyone goes, (laughs) oh my God, you've got a Tiffany paperclip. It may be worth 1500 bucks, right? To the customer which has absolutely nothing to do with the costs. And too often when we look at how we price, we only focus on what it costs us to do, not on what the transformation it creates for our client. Yes, 100%. Let's talk about, let's talk about different ways that we can charge more because it's super easy just to say, put your price up. But I think that there's a deeper conversation to be had rather than just, well, today it's $1,000 and tomorrow it's going to be $1,500. Because I think that when you charge, and especially if you start to think about charging 10x or you know 400%, like you were just talking, 
there needs to be some things that we consider. And one of these pieces I feel is inclusions in your in your program or your offer. And that what a lot of people automatically think is if I'm going to charge more, I need to put more in the program or more in the offer. Mm. And the way that this was described to me by a mentor years and years ago was imagine that you were walking up Mount Everest. You know, it's a big walk. You can either, do you want to have more in your backpack or do you want to walk up with less and have a group of Sherpas actually carrying things up the the mountain for you? And if we think about your stuff in your program being in that backpack, the more that's in there is going to slow your ideal clients down. It may even stop them. It's actually the opposite is what is the least amount that we can put in that backpack to make sure that your client gets that transformation to the, so that your client reaches, you know, base camp or the peak. That's what we want to mm. be thinking. And in actual fact, we want to usually want to be taking more out of the program so that they can make the transformation as quickly as possible. And that's a real mindset shift. So in this way, we're actually saying that in order to charge more proverbially by doing less is actually just not delivering everything that you think mm. you need to do. Right, by chucking totally. more stuff in. Simplify it down. Mm. Simplify yeah. it down. I, I um I heard this the other day actually. You know, and it's probably a really good lesson to do once a month or so, if not more. Um, is what is the what's the minimum I can do to still achieve the same outcome? Mm-hmm. Right. I now, like what that. What is the thing I can? All right, and probably a probably good lesson to apply in all every parts of your life. Right, you know. Um, it might have been on a Tim Ferriss podcast because it sounds like something he would say. Totally. Uh, you know what is what is the what is the minimum I can do to achieve the same outcome? Mm-hmm. All right, and then do that. All right. So, you know, when we talk about taking out of your program what's not needed, again, you're absolutely right, Tim. We we do tend to sort of overcomplicate and over, you know, and then oh, and have to explain everything that's in it. Right. And as soon as we get to the explaining, right, we're not selling. It's it you know we we tend to lose people in the in the detail. Certainly, one mm. thing I learned from from selling CRM systems for you know ten years now is that the more that I explain the detail of how we build automations and what goes into the underpinning stuff in a CRM, the less I sell. A hundred percent because a people don't care. Do this. Don't they care? Yeah, just take away right, my so problems. Definitely definitely take out what's needed so that clients can get a result faster. Mm. I remember years and years ago I was chatting with someone and she said, oh, you know, I think I'm going to, um, I'm in this other program and I think I'm going to stick with them. And I went, oh, cool, tell tell me about, you know, what this is. And she said, well, there's like 2,000 videos in their members portal and I've got access to them at any time I want. And I went, okay, cool. Um so how often do you log in and watch these these trainings? And this is where it got really weird because <laughs> she said, I've never looked at any of the videos. And I went, so do you, do you actually want access to 2,000 videos or do you just want someone to tell you what the next step is? And she said, um, yeah, I want that. I just want to know what the next step is. I went, well, let's think about this because – 
a membership portal with access to 2,000 videos. Is that going to help you understand with clarity what the next step is and help you to take action tomorrow? No. So that was a, it was quite an easy conversation, but it really, you know, at the at the time she was like, oh, you know, I didn't even know quite that's con- not what I wanted. Yeah, quite, totally. quite confronting, isn't it? <laughs> to to yes. hear that back though. Yeah. So, you know, that's the first idea is – how can you simplify? How can you take out what's needed so that your clients can get a result faster, but also so that you're not completely going into burnout? Like let's that's really important as well. Mm. But I want to touch on something else um, that maybe you need to mark have a different market or a different person, a different ideal client to charge more. Oh, I love this one. I love this, this one. This one of my favorites. I- yeah, I was actually on a call uh, just this week. Um, it was just a group call in uh, in a BNI group that I mean, it was just a cross cross chapter thing for our region. And um, the leadership coach in that group uh, mentioned that he was having a a, a, sl- a slow period. At this time of year, it was mm-hmm. always seasonally slow for for leadership coaching. I'm going, oh, that's really interesting. And of course, everyone sort of piled in with their two cents about what he should be doing to pick up his business right now and chasing referral partners, everything. And I thought, okay, well, let's let me go. guess. That's Dis- a doing a special discount. <laughs> let's do a special, a special discount, discount. You know, to get yeah. people on, to get rid of get people on right now. And you know, not a huge fan of discounting because it massively cuts into the profitability mm-hmm. of what you do. Okay, that's the one thing you're spending. You're spending your profit. So whenever you discount, you spend your profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing else becomes cheaper, right? No. <laughs> um, you know, and if you don't know what your profits are, you're, pretend- you're potentially uh, spending your money to be busy, which is mm-hmm. a really bad place to be. Yeah, not so much fun. I said, who's your client? And he said, oh, you know, typically sort of uh, business owners with five or ten staff. And I go, I think that's what your problem is right there. You're just not mm. talking to people big enough who, whilst they need leadership training because they're leading teams, the lever that you're pulling for them is not big enough for them to prioritize and over all the other shit they should be working on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you can appreciate that, right? Imagine for yourself, put yourself in those shoes. Would you go engage a leadership coach if you had four staff or would you go and engage a leadership coach if you had 5,000 staff? Mm. Where would that sit in your list of priorities? Right? Yeah. One of these two people will value this thing that you do more than the other. 100%. It's a difficult thing to ask yourself sometimes and go, well, who is going to value what I do the most? Mm-hmm. And making sure we're putting, in, putting ourselves in front of that, in front of those people. Absolutely. And I think that that's, also a really interesting conversation to have with what can I do with the exact skill set and experience right now? Who can I go to that could also utilize that skill set and get an even greater transformation than the people I'm currently working with? It yeah. can be a really interesting um, exercise to and you can even can even ask chat GPT. I know I know a few people that have done that and come up with new markets to promote different programs in that they hadn't previously thought of. So get clear on what your offer is, the transformation that you help people and and ask ChatGPT who else, what other industries can utilize this 
skill set to get a result. And you might Mm. be pleasantly surprised that you might easily be able to charge 10x what you're charging right now just by going to a different segment of the market. I must admit, you know, I, I did the same thing two years ago, right? And we've, again, we've spoken about this on, on this podcast as well, where I made a transformation. Uh, and not only has it allowed me to charge a lot more, uh, but it's also, as a result of that, allowed me to give my clients better results mm. at the same time, right? Because I'm not always feeling squeezed and having to deliver more you know, with the limited resources I've got available, now I can actually deliver, you know, a really quality result. You're not jumping through hoops and doing, you know, a, a whole heap of different dances. It's just like, I'm just doing this one thing. Yeah. Well, it's also, I think when, when you, you know, when we are, let's let's use the sort of, you know, the, the word here, cheap, all right? When you are affordable, inexpensive, cheap, whatever term you want to use, you do tend to find that you might compromise in order to remain profitable. And we, you know, we do make a, a value judgment ourselves. In order to remain profitable, often we sort of cut corners a little bit on what it is we deliver, which means the thing that we deliver isn't necessarily as good at providing that transformation to a client as we want it to be. Right? A bit like mm. putting, you know, a one-gallon tank of uh, of fuel into a rocket and expecting it to launch into space when it needs a thousand tons of fuel. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. You've got to put enough fuel into your machine to actually create the transformation that you want. And if you don't do that, you actually comp- you find yourself naturally compromising on what it is that you can do. And noting the backpack scenario from earlier about doing more, you've got to still make sure that the thing you are doing is of a standard that it will create the transformation for your client. Yes, Yes, exactly. Okay, and and that way, you know, we can actually, as a result of that, be more confident about the transformation we're delivering, and as a result of that, we can then charge our client appropriately. Love it. Let's talk about outsourcing because- Oh, my God. This is a bit of a left field, isn't it? (laughs) Right? It is, and when we were talking about it, it made sense to both of us, but then we had to unpack it just a little bit to make sure that- uh, that it was going the right way. But tell us more about this. How can we charge more with less, doing less by outsourcing? Yeah, well, I read this really cool thing the other day. And again, it comes back to the efficiency of delivery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are delivering the work internally yourself, right, you're probably getting caught up in, I need to win the work and do the work and then win the work and do the work. And when I'm doing the work, I can't win the work until such time as I've finished, and you kind of get into this roller coaster state right, that you and I see a lot with business owners. Um, by outsourcing to supply partners, and this is something that I read late last year, I think I mentioned it last week, that entrepreneurship is not fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Right? Entrepreneurship is creating a thing that gives you the money you need to have the lifestyle that you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to reinforce that a lot. I was going to say, year, it's not about working harder, not about working yeah. for more hours. Yeah. And so if you can outsource to supply partners, right, who can deliver the outcome better than you can at a price that's cheaper than you can do it because you're then not having to kind of wear the overhead 
of delivering of that, that delivery. thing in terms of your business, you can then also charge more to your client because you get a better outcome for them at a cheaper price. And this is not a new thing. No, and it makes it easier for your client. It's all about ease. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a really thing, really important thing to come back to, Sam. When we look at how we how we price and position that product with our customer, it's one thing to be aware of what it is that you do. Right? We 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 do need to have a really clear eye of what it costs us to produce a product. What does it cost to get a client? And we talk about you know data analytics for, for that. What does it cost us to deliver that work to a client? And you can probably look at your P&L over the last couple of months to kind of work it out. I just group all your sort of cost of goods and everything attached to that. You know, what does it cost us to run our business? Those things all have to come into your pricing and then whatever profit margin you want in. But most people stop there. They go, well, it costs me $500 to, you know, win, deliver and run my business for this, for this client. And I want to make $200 every time I do it. Therefore, I'm going to price myself at $700 for my program or maybe $799 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not looking at what is the thing, what is the impact of that thing that you sold to a client on their life mm-hmm. or on their business, right? one and the same thing. And I like this, you know, I've got this saying in the back of my head that I keep sort of telling myself, right? And it says, to a man dying of thirst, a glass of water is priceless. Mm-hmm. For everybody else, it's just a glass of water. Mm. Okay. Absolutely. Put it in a bottle and <laughs> you can charge four bucks for it. <laughs> right? yeah. That same bottle of water to a man in the desert <laughs> might be worth 40000 Yeah. Is the product any different? No. Has it cost us anything more to produce the product? No. We're just putting it in different context that changes the apparent valuation of that product. Mm. And so we need to look at, you know, when, we, when we're pricing stuff, not necessarily when we talked about doing less uh, by outsourcing or taking stuff out of your program, but, you know, the lever on the other side is if we put our product in the right context, it is worth a lot more than it is to somebody else. Totally. Totally. So... Take a, take a long, hard look at it, brainstorm, come up with different ideas, run it past someone else, use, use someone else as a sounding board and see what you can, see what comes back at you so that you can really start to understand where the gaps are or what you might be missing. Yeah, absolutely. I think like even, even that last one, that I'd just take that last one and go, you know, this is the thing I sell, right? So for you, it's coaching and for me, it's, um, you know, Systemization of of growth, mm-hmm. right? Who for who you know who buys that, right? Uh, for that you know who's that man dying of thirst? Yeah, for that thing. Yeah, yeah. Where do we find our person in the Sahara Desert? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it may not luckily be in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so let's just recap. Really think about your pricing so that you're able to charge more, but do less. Your pricing isn't aligned with how much work you do. It's got. It's actually nothing to do with that. It's about what is the transformation that you can deliver 
in the fastest possible way to your client. So get clear on your uh, message, your who you're speaking to, your offer, and on delivering your promise because that confidence will help you take more action. Um, think about how can you simplify your offer? How, what can you take away or strip back to, again, be able to get your clients an, a result faster? Uh, think about what market you could take your current offer to so that you could charge more and who can you outsource to to really simplify your delivery in a way that someone else is looking after the overheads. I like the way that you said that. That was good. Um, and definitely think outcome-based versus hourly rate because it really is about delivering a result in the fastest possible way. Good conversation, Tim. Uh, absolutely. I think it's one. It's an important one to revisit. Um, and we've yeah. done we've done this topic a couple of times. But I reckon you know every year you should probably come back and go, hmm, what am I doing here? Absolutely, absolutely. If you've enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot on your phone, pop it up on your stories, tag both Tim and myself, and let us know your biggest takeaway or something that really stood out to you in this episode. Uh, and share it with the rest of our community so that they can learn together. I think that's what it's about as well. Thanks for listening today. Uh, thanks for joining me, Tim. And we will catch you on the next episode of Influence by Design. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.